Well, good morning, New Beginnings family. How are we doing today? Uh, how are we doing today? Oh, we're awake, we're awake. Who's ready to praise the Lord today? Amen. Show of hands. Let's all rise as we begin to worship. I was buried beneath my shame Who can carry that kind of weight? It was my truth Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my turn till I met you, and you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You call 
that day when God resurrected me from the dead. We're to give him praise today. Lord, thank you. I'm going to sing about your praise for all my days. Hey. 
to lift up your praise to God because you're like, praise God, I'm in a good place, something good is happening in my life. But that song that we just sang has some very deep and heavy truths that we would praise him in the waiting. That's the hardest part sometimes. Like, oh, I'm waiting for your answer, Lord. That you would praise him in that waiting. That you would praise him in the lowest moments of your life when you can barely lift up your head and when you don't even want to take the next breath because life is so heavy that you would praise him. You would say, yes, Lord. Yes, I will praise you. That's when praising God makes the biggest impact in your life. That's when the Lord hears more clearly your prayers because he knows my child, like Job, in the pain and the suffering is knocking on my door. I don't know where you're at this morning, but if you're in the lowest of low, if you're in the waiting, would you just praise him today? His presence is in this place. Would you just reach out and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I praise you because you are worthy of praise in my waiting in the glory.
Can we just lift up a shout of praise in this place? Come on, isn't God good? Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy God, Lord, you are my everything, and I will adore you in this place, God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace and for your love, Lord. Yesterday, many of us spent most of our days at giving back to the community, God, and so many people were coming in there, God, but God, more than anything, you were there, Lord, and we can't help but thinking over and over again, holy, 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 God, you are my everything, and I will adore you, God, no matter where we go, you are there, no matter what we do, you are there, God, you love us, you seek us out, Lord, you find us, and you love us enough to not leave us where we're at, thank you, God, for revealing yourself to us. Thank you, God, for making your name known in our lives and in our, in our hearts. God, I pray over this morning's gathering, I pray over our, our time, God, that, that you speak in this place. God, I pray that when Pastor Richard opens up the word, God, I pray that you speak through him, God. I pray blessing over our time this morning, and it's in your precious and holy name we pray, God. Amen and amen. Church, will you lift up one more shout of praise? Come on. Isn't God good? Oh, man. Hey guys, let's just take a moment. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning, yeah? All right, all right. Good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Awesome. Well, I want to welcome all my brothers and sisters are in here today and everybody watching online. My name is David Sanchez. I'm your youth minister here, and this is... Yes, absolutely. And we've got just a couple of quick announcements for you guys before we get started with anything else. Uh, was anybody here at Giving Back to the Community yesterday? Yeah, man, thank you guys for, for one, being here, man. I know that it's, it's a big event. It takes a lot out of you, but thank you for being there yesterday. Thank you for being here today, and thank you for just, I don't know, man. It was such a fantastic event. There was just people coming from left, right, because it's a park, man. It's hard to gauge how many people are actually there, but when you're sitting at a booth just loving on people, you just know there's people, and God's here, and they're here, and something's about to happen. So it was a beautiful event. So I just want to give everybody just a round of applause. Thank you guys for showing up to that. But we have another large event going on today that Lena will tell us a little more about, similar to giving back to the community. Can I borrow that? Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, church, we wanted to actually, as a thank you for all of the volunteering and all of the service that you do here in this church, just to expand the kingdom of God and be able to share the love of Jesus with everybody you see, we want to have an appreciation lunch for you today. It's going to be at 1230, right after second service, out in the mall. And we want to serve you guys. And we want to thank you for you guys, for you guys serving so much and just being so faithful to God and to this church. We, we, we cannot say it enough. We would not be able to do this without all of you. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So um, we, also, we do have some fundraisers coming up, though, right, David? Yeah, what, 
Would you mind telling us about the 101 stage? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, the youth has been doing a lot lately. We were at Giving Back to the Community, just playing tons of games and just loving on people and stuff and giving away bracelets. And, you know, we've got a lot of awesome stuff planned for the next few months for our youth. But really, one of the larger things we'll be doing uh, in a couple of years, we're taking a group of high schoolers to the International Youth Convention. This one's going to be in Orlando, Florida. And so we want to get ahead of the game, and we want to start fundraising now. So this Wednesday, if you guys are the kind of people that eat and drink regularly, uh, which is, yeah, all of you, uh, at Bubba's, we'll be, uh, we're partnering with our friends over at Bubba's, and if you're the kind of person who just likes food, you can go over to Bubba's, and we have flyers out in the mall that if you just show them that flyer, they, they will donate 10% of your order back to our youth group. Uh, here at New Beginnings. And so that's this Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. If you want to get everybody together before service, after service, or just show up to church and see who's all going, whatever it is, it's going to be great. There's going to be so many of our church folk there just hanging out, having lunch, supporting our youth. So I want to encourage all of you to, if, if you're interested in that, just supporting by, you know, coming and just having lunch and showing them a piece of paper, by all means, we got all the information out on the, out on the info booth right out there. Uh, t- with tons of other stuff, too. We got Ethel Moharg sitting out there with lots of information on, on the stuff that she's doing and just tons of great stuff that's happening in our church is also out there in the mall. So don't, don't, uh, don't forget to step out in the mall and stop for a little bit. Check out one of those flyers and check out that info booth and see what else we've got going on, too. One of the other booths that you'll see out in the mall is for the Isotopes Family Night coming up this Saturday. Is anybody going to that? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We just want to remind you that if you haven't completed your payment yet, that is going to be due today. So please remember to stop by that booth, drop off your check, drop off your cash, pay with card, whatever you need to do so that we can get that money in, so that we can get that food for you, we can get those seats for you. It's going to be such a great night next Saturday. So I believe that is all that we have for you today, church. Can we just give a big warm welcome to Pastor Richard? Thank you guys so very much. We had an amazing time. Whoa. Man, that was scary. Ooh. Aye. Ah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, we, we had a lot of fun yesterday. There were hundreds and hundreds of people that came out. Uh, there was a constant drizzle throughout the day, but that didn't keep anyone away. I told, I kept telling people, just think of being at a restaurant with a mister. You know, that little mist was coming. It was really amazing. But the, the, the connecting of people with Jesus and Jesus with people was really powerful. So thank you again. Look, we have a lot of volunteers throughout um, the year that just make ministry happen. And ministry happens because one we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, and we commit ourselves to a church and to a body to work together. And then we tithe and we give. I know my wife and I tithe and give to this congregation. And because of that, we're able to do ministry inside these walls and outside the walls and outside of this city and around the world. And there's an amazing opportunity as we tithe right now you could give either at the giving boxes at the doorway. You could give texting uh, to give. You could go online or you can use your app. But what we're able to do is really phenomenal. And today after second service, we want to say thank you to all of you that have been giving so much. To just say thank you with just a, a small little picnic type lunch. It's going to be 
uh, hot dogs and you can fix them up however you want, chili dogs, onions, no onions, relish, no relish, blah, 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 and chips and drinks, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. But I just want to give you a glimpse of some of the things that we've been able to do over the past few months. Check out this video. Yesterday, a team went out and did a pray and go where we go and pray for every house that we pass. And we went to 350 homes in our neighborhood. Food distribution. So that's going to be taking place. I think we're supposed to give out, uh, I think it's 12,000 pounds of food. celebrate that. Let's give a round of applause for us, the church. It's what we do. It's what we do, church. Your faithfulness. Because of you, we have been able to start two new congregations here in Spain. Thank you so much, New Beginnings Church, for your faithful support of the ministry here in uh, Germany. Hi, we're Jason Abby Torson, along with Josiah, Silas, and Rebecca. We're your missionaries in Costa Rica and regional connectors for Latin America. We'd like to thank New Beginnings Church for your prayers and monthly support. Hi, we are Marcos and Marianne Garcia, your pastor in Puerto Rico. We'd like to thank New Beginning Church for your prayers and financial support. Give glory to God for what he's done. God is amazingly good, amen. He is so, so good. He's been so wonderful. In addition to that, man, we partner with Under His Construction, a ministry that's restoring men and women's lives and families and doing amazing work. We partner with Frontline Ministry that is restoring women coming off the streets or out of prison and just uh, seeing God doing amazing work there. And we thank God for that. We have our kids club with Bob and Claudia Dame that are going into the uh, Sunpoint apartments every week and ministering to kids there. There's just so many other things. I just want you to know that God is really faithful. And we want to say thank you to all the different teams that work and work so hard. And, and uh, man, our men's ministry, our women's ministry, our greeters and ushers and our information booth, our hospitality table and our children's workers, our youth workers. We have all of our ushers and greeters and we have our security team and we have our pantry workers and our food distribution workers and we have uh, ministries that are now going into the prisons and uh, just sharing Jesus there. And we have uh, ministries like 
the ones that you never see, but you always hear. If something goes wrong with the sound, everyone turns around. All the people in the audio visual that do an amazing job and give so much to the worship team. And I can go, man, I, I didn't write them down. And uh, people that volunteer at God's Warehouse every single week and, and those that went out yesterday that we had hundreds of people serving yesterday and just amazing, amazing, amazing. God, forgive me if I forgot anyone because that's not my intent. I should have written it down, but thank you, thank you, thank you for all the hard work you do. Amen. So give it up one more time for all you hard workers. Well, guys, um, as we continue in this series I started three weeks ago, it's changing the way you think. That's one of the hardest things in our lives is change the way we think. It's kind of been embedded in us. And we just think a certain way and that's just the way we are and that's just the way we stay. Instead of being flexible to the Lord, we kind of get rigid and we kind of get stuck in our own way. Reminds me of the story of these guys that had gone moose hunting and they had uh, gotten a big kill and they loaded up their tiny little plane to fly out and all their gear and, and uh, the, the pilot goes, you need to put all the weight in the back and, and we, we got to get lift. And, and, and they went and they went and they went and they're going and they're going and they go and we barely, oh, we didn't clear the trees and they wreck and, and the pilot says, man, at least we got further than last year. <laughs> and I think, oh my God. But how many of us are like that? What's the definition of, of crazy? <laughs> of doing the same thing over and over and expecting something new? You, you can't do that. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. And we have to understand that change begins in our thinking, how we're processing. We need to think in a whole new way. We need to think with the mind of Christ, and I talked about that last week. Today, what I really want to talk about is rethinking our thinking to give up and decide that we need to move on, that we need to give up the craziness and to hold on to something new. Because I want to talk about changing the way you think about yourself. Some of us have been told all our life will never amount to anything. Some of us were told we were useless. Some of us were told we were a mistake. Some of us were told they regretted the day that we were born. And yet other ones in here had the most phenomenal parents that built you up and spoke life into you. And yet even with those kind of parents, you struggle with some of the thoughts about yourself. And sometimes you just go, just forget it. You know what? It's not even worth it anymore. I just, nothing matters. I just give up. But in the book of Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14, it says, this is the more, this is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation is soon to be here. So remove the dark deeds in your dirty, like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. 
He goes, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in the sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in the quarreling and jealousy. And you would think he's talking about us right now, and yet he is because the word is active and it's living right now. Verse 14, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, he says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would really take us down an amazing journey of renewal, renewing our thoughts and our attitudes and renewing, Father God, the way we think about ourselves, that, God, we could really put on the mind of Christ and follow it the way you want us to. Lord, I pray this in Christ's glorious name, amen. You know, Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, don't copy the behavior. He goes, don't conform to this world the behavior and customs of this world. But be, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so we've got to understand the process of change. We've got to understand what God wants us to do. We have to understand how he wants us to do that. He wants us to understand exactly what he has for us and how we get there. And the first thing he says, I want to, I don't want you to conform. That word conform literally means to fit into a mold, to make or become the same, to behave in a conventional manner, way, by accepting without question the customs, traditions, and prevailing options of others. He's saying literally almost like cookie-cutter people that you fit into the shape presented to you instead of you taking the shape that God created you to be. And we fall into this pattern, and the world has a pattern for you, and there's a certain way you have to live. For young people, it starts in school, and they tell you this is the way you do things, and then it goes on from elementary, and then it goes to middle school and high school and the university level, upper upper education, and then you get in your workplace, and your workplace says there's a certain way you have to live and behave and act and school and neighborhoods and communities and things that make us conform, and then we end up going into those patterns. We try to fit in way too many times. We try to do exactly what people expect of us, and we end up accepting the new normal. Think about, look, even young people, if we take the youngest person in here, just think of all the changes that you've seen take place since you started kindergarten to where you are now. Things that have happened that never would have happened before. People dressing the way they dress, the droopy drawers, where they wear their pants underneath their butt. I don't get it. Do they have diarrhea that they have to have it real quick, have it down ready to go or what? They're walking around and their butt's hanging out. 
When do you think we would ever see something like that? When would you think you would see some of the language that you see children using, television using? Things have changed and we have accepted it as a new norm. It's just, that's the way it is. So, well, things change. No, we don't have to change. We need to be the thermostat. We need to set the climate. We need to be the Christian people holding up the standard of living where we live and where we go. We cannot conform. Instead, he says, be transformed. That word transform means to change the nature, character, or personality. It means changing your character. It means you were brought up a certain way or for whatever reason you took a certain path, but now it's reshifting and reshifting your character that now you're aligning yourself with the word of God and you're aligning yourself with the ways of God and you're aligning yourself in the things of God and you're doing things the way God wants you to do it and you embrace that and you change your character and now your character truly represents Christ. And then he says, repent. And I was talking about that last week, which literally means the word metanoia in Greek. And metanoia, our church in, 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 that we planted there on Chama, there in the international zone, is called metanoia, meaning change your mind or the way you think. Metanoia means a change of mind. It means not just a 180, meaning like a U-turn that you're going in a new direction, but you're going in a new direction with a new mindset, a whole new way of thinking. You're not going, see, if you go in a U-turn and you go, man, thank you, Jesus, I'm going in a new direction, but you still think the same way, guess what? You're going to end up right back where you started. You're going to end up exactly the same. And then we need to understand the word confession. To confess, he says, then you're going to know the will of God. By changing the way you think, he goes, as you confess, we've got to confess. In the Greek, it's homologeo, and, and, and what all that is saying is saying the same thing as God says. Confess is saying what we already, God already knows about us. He's saying you're a sinner, And we finally say, God, I'm a sinner. God goes, yeah, I know that. I'm finally glad you understand it. You see what I'm saying? We start confessing and we say, I did this, God. And God's going, yes, I know. I'm glad you finally admitted it. And we say, well, why do we have to confess that if he already knows it? Why is it that when you know your son or daughter did something, but you tell them who did this? And they just look at you. Come on, tell me. And they finally said, okay, I did it. And you're like, thank you for telling me. You already know they did it, but you wanted them to admit it. You wanted them to come to a realization that they really admitted it. And you're saying what you already know. We are saying what God already knows. Confession is more than just confessing our sins, but it's making a confession of faith. It's making a confession that we are saying, this is the standard that I live by. When I confess that I'm a Christian, I'm now saying that I live by a certain standard. When I say I have the Holy Spirit, I'm confessing that I should be filled and live with a certain standard. When I say that I trust in the Lord with all my heart and do not lean on my own understanding, it means that I am now living at a whole different level. So confession is something real powerful. So the first thing I want us to really understand, if we're going to be changing the way we think, we have to understand. Now, the first thing is that when we say what God says, we begin to think like God thinks. We have to start speaking 
and saying what God says. Because as you start speaking God's word out of your mouth and you start speaking what he says about you out of your mouth and you start saying the words he says about you out of your mouth, you're going to start believing what he says and you're going to start believing what you're saying because it's not what you think, it's what he thinks and your mind starts shifting and you start finally believing what God really says about you. And we need to make those confessions. We need to really confess that I am a child of God. We need to be able to confess to say, I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a peculiar people. I am the head. I am the, I am not the tail. I am the front and I'm not the last. I am the alpha. I'm the omega. I am God following God. We are his people. He says these things about us. He called us out of the darkness. We're treasures out of darkness. He had called us to be his light. He has called us to be the salt of the earth. He has called us to be the change that people need to see. We have been called to be those people. When we say what God says about money, we're going to start believing it. God says money's not bad, but the love of money is very evil. He talks about love and he talks about a genuine love. When we start speaking what God says about love, we'll start believing about love. When we start speaking what God says about respect, then we'll start believing with respect. You see, when we start confessing the things that God says, you will now reshape your mind and you will start thinking in a new direction. That's why I always tell people, when you want to shift your thinking, look, I was an alcoholic and all I would drink, think about was drinking. So when I got up in the morning, I would think, man, yeah, I wonder, I'll take a little miniature with me. And then I could put a little bit in my tea. And then I could put some at lunchtime. And so I would take a bunch of miniatures. Or I would say, at lunchtime, I'm going to go. And then at 5 o'clock, I'm going to go to happy hour. And all I was thinking about all day long is where and what I was going to do to do my drinking. Then when I wanted to quit drinking, all I ever thought about was what I was going to do not to drink. So, I better not take a miniature. I better not get any more miniatures. I better not I better not have any drink at lunchtime. I better not have a drink at break time. I better not go to the happy hour. I better not. But guess what I was still thinking about all day long? The drinking. Whether it was not to drink or to drink, I was still thinking drinking. I started changing the way I thought, and I started thinking the way God thought about drinking. He said, don't think about it. Think about these good things. Think about those things that are true and pure and honorable. Think about those things that are uplifting. Think about those things what he talks about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Think about those things that are worthy of praise. So I used to start thinking, man, God, you're awesome. I'm going to take my miniature with me. And I really meant it. I took my miniature Bible, my little Gideon Bible, and I would take it with me to work. And at break time, I would open it up. And at lunchtime, I would open it up. And at my afternoon break, I would open it up. And happy hour, I would take my Bible Bible, and I would not go to happy hour anymore. I would just go happy hour by getting in the Word and getting happy. 
And now I've shifted my thinking because of thinking. Instead of saying, oh, I can't do drugs today. I can't do drugs today. I can't have sex today with some other woman or some other person that isn't my spouse. I can't go out and cheat on my spouse. I can't go out and rob and steal. And I can't go out and, and, and gossip and, and destroy people's lives. I can't go out and tear people's character down. Instead of thinking of all that garbage, instead I focused on what God wanted me to be, what God said about me and what I wanted to look like. And I wanted to take on his character and no longer mine. You have to shift and change the way you think. And when you say what God says, you begin to think like God thinks. You have to grab a hold of that and you have to let him strengthen you. And it's not easy because we have been embedded this thing that people have said about us. We, we listen to these things that are crazy. My wife got the most beautiful card from somebody the other day. And she didn't even know who because they didn't sign it. And they slipped it through the front door of our offices and they found it on the floor and they go, oh, hey, Pastor Cindy, this is for you. And she read it and she just was crying in tears. It was so amazingly uplifting and positive and spoke life into her. And she says, I think I'm going to file this. And I go, I hope you do in a real file. Don't do some of the weird things I did. I would get a card like that and I go, oh, how beautiful. And then I just throw them away. And then when people would write me ugly, mean, vicious things, I would file it. So I could remind me how horrible I was. Don't laugh. You do the same thing. Oh, you might not have a file like I had a literal file. Why would I want to keep that nonsense? And a lot of them, they wouldn't even have the guts to sign it. If you're going to cut someone out, at least have the guts to tell them, and it was me. But no, and then we are holding on to that. How many of you have held on to stuff? When you were a kid and they would say ugly, mean things to you and you held on to them and you get all dressed up and you think, I hope I look nice. I feel nice. I look handsome, I think. I look pretty, I think. And then you come to church and somebody goes, aye, aye, you got all dressed up. Oh my gosh, why'd you get all dressed up? Where are you going? Oh man, did I get too dressed up for church? Oh my gosh, did I? And it affects us. Instead of saying, you know what? God said, I am a child of God. I am royalty. I'm a holy nation. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. Who do you think you are? His daughter. His son. And I'm dressed in the robe of the Lord. Man, we need to start saying what God says about us because then we'll start believing what he believes about us. Second thing, if we're going to change the way we think, we've got to understand that renovation begins with demolition. Renovation begins with demolition. Let me explain that. I told you a while back I had flipped through the channels and I saw this TV show, Flip the House. And it was about taking an old rundown house that once was beautiful and it got dilapidated and just kind of fell apart and somebody bought it and they flip it around and they make it brand new. And in that show, 
one of the hosts, the lady, gets a sledgehammer and she goes, this is my favorite part. And she just starts tearing down walls. And I go, I'll bet you that's a lot of fun. (laughs) But see, before you build, you're going to have to tear down. Before you renovate, you're going to just demolish. And there's got to be a demolishing that takes place. There's got to be something that takes place. I just read it in Ephesians 4.23. Let the spirit renew. Let him renovate. Let him renew your thoughts and attitudes. Renew literally means to renovate. It means to be made new. And to do that, we have to understand, we have to change the way we think, and we've got to tear down the old and build some new stuff in your head. You've got to start believing what God says. You've got to start inputting it in you, because you've got to get rid of all the trash. You've got to tear it down. Do you know that studies show that the average adult thinks 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts. Now, men, we probably only think about 500 thoughts, maybe 1,000. You know, we're pretty dumb. So women make up for it. No, 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 I'm joking. But we do, we think between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. That's between 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts an hour. Now think about it. If you're thinking about that and you process that, we need to make an agreement within our mind to start thinking differently. Because our thought pattern is filtered by how we think. And our thought life is filtered by the things that have been spoken into our life. Things that people have spoken. Things that our parents spoke into us. Whether it was good or bad. Whether people that we know spoke into us. Which was good or bad. I've already shared my journey. All of us have our story. But Spanish was my first language, so I came to the United States, and we moved here, and we were going to school, and all I spoke was Spanish, and the teacher's going, hitting me with a ruler, speaking English, speaking English. Like if all of a sudden, if that would work, instead of Babel and all these other language, I would say, here, here's a ruler, it'll teach you how to speak in any language. <laughs> speak in English. Aprende Español. That meant speaking German, I mean in Japanese. But hear me. That messed me up. Then there was a teacher that would stand over me and I'd get all nervous to read. And I would count, okay, if they go this way, I have to read this paragraph. But if they go this way, I got to read this paragraph. And if they go this way, I got, did any of you do that? And practice your paragraph over and over and over. And you'd get all paranoid. And then she'd stand right behind me. And I'd be reading. And I'd go, the, and it says, it doesn't say the, Richard. The, it doesn't say the. Then she'd get my hair and she'd twist it. It doesn't say the, it doesn't say the, it doesn't say the. I'm like, I don't even know what it says. I'm just scared to death you're going to beat me. And finally, I got to the seventh grade, and there was this teacher, Mrs. Barnes. She was my history teacher. She just showed me so much love. And she goes, Richard, you have a gift. You have a gift. You need to learn how to use that. My gift was talking. She goes, you talk all the time. 
I would have to stand at the board and say, I will not talk while someone else is talking. Write it on the board. That's how she would just keep me busy. Write it 50 times. I will not talk while no one else is talking. I will not talk while no one else is talking. And the class would be going on. I'm there. I will not talk while no one else is talking. And then all of a sudden, they'd, they'd ask a question, and I would blurt it out. She goes, don't talk without raising your hand. What's wrong, Richard? But she said, Richard, you need to develop that gift you have. She started believing in me. I'm like, man, nobody's ever spoke life like this into me. Just my mom and dad, but your mom and dad are supposed to do that, right? That's what we think. And all of a sudden, she started speaking life, and it just, man, I started believing it. Hear me. Our thoughts keep us enchained. You've probably heard the story. I got reminded of it the other day when I heard it about how they train elephants when they're little babies. They put a big old chain around their foot or ankle, whatever that's, leg, and they tie it to a big old strong tree. And that little elephant tries to walk, and all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they keep him there, and he get, gets older. They keep that chain on him. And then when they want to move him someplace, they take it off the tree, but they just walk the elephant with the chain. And then they can put the chain down and not even tie it to anything, and that elephant won't move. And yet that elephant can, man, he can knock down trees. He can do all kinds of things. But because he was trained to think a certain way and trained to be able to be captive a certain way, he can't move. And when I read and heard that story again, I said, that'll preach. Because how many of us have a chain around our ankle? How many of us have that chain of failure? How many of us have that chain of hopelessness? How many of us have that chain of never being able to measure up? How many of us have that chain where people say they are not enough? You're not enough. You're not enough. And you try and you try and you're still not enough. And you keep telling yourself that. And it's called shame and the devil brings shame in our life. But God gives us grace and freedom. God speaks life into us. The devil speaks to us by our sin. God speaks to us by our future. The devil says, you're worthless. God says, man, you're, you're, you're my delight. You're the apple of my eye. That's from the word of God. Look what he says in Psalm 107, starting at verse 10 to 16. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. And it sounds like some of you right now, doesn't it? They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. This is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell. And no one was there to help them. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. Man, is that promising or what? Look at verse 14. 
He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. He let, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze and he cut apart their bars of iron. Hallelujah. So if you've been enchained and you've been in prison and you've been held back like that elephant that can't move and hasn't been able to change his thinking, God is saying, I cut the chain. I opened the prison doors. I opened the bars. I opened them wide open, big enough for you to get out. He does that. And he's done that. And he wants to renovate your life. That's why he says to us in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. So there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. I'm saying that over and over and over because you've got to get it into your heart. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. Renovation is good. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says right there that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation, a new creature. The old is gone. The, a new life has begun. God gives you a brand new start. That's why it's called born again. You were all messed up and now, man, God makes you new. And every once in a while, an old part tries to come up, but man, God changes it and transforms it. That's why we encourage you to get baptized after you accept Christ. Because it's a public declaration. It's a public display of you saying, look, my old way, it's dead. My old life, it's dead. My old way of thinking, it's dead. I'm a new creation and I'm going to live for Jesus and I want to do it his way and no longer mine. I want to follow his path and no longer mine. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when you get baptized, it's kind of like you just renovated your house and they're going to sell it. Guess what they do? They have an open house and And everyone gets to walk through that place and go, wow, look at the change that has taken place. You need to have an open house of your life and say, that's right, I got baptized. I was once a wacko, a wino, dino, and a dingbat, but hallelujah, I've been set free. I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. Ephesians, uh, Hebrews rather, chapter 4, verse 12 says, for the word of God is active and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God just changes the way we think. And it brings you to the third thing I want to say is that if we really want to change the way we think about ourselves, we have to start believing God's word Over our life. We have to believe God's word. For our life. We have to believe it. That there's more. This is greater than positive thinking. This is biblical thinking. We take God at his word. God says. Your sins are forgiven. You need to accept that. Receive that. Believe that. Hold on to that. Take it in. And Never let it go. And when people throw your past in your face, you know what? Say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I was that person. But I was. I no longer am because I've been set free. God has given me a new beginning at new beginnings. And you need to declare it. 
Don't get all ruffled and all go, when are you going to ever let that go? They might never let it go, but you know what? God has, and that's what matters. When the devil keeps throwing your past in your face, throw the devil's future in his. Say, guess what, devil? You're going to spend all of eternity in hell. Until Jesus finally settles all this thing and the world comes to an end, the devil has a freedom to run wild in all his demons. But there's going to come a day when this devil is going to be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity and all his demons and every single human being that does not accept Jesus Christ. And why you wouldn't want Jesus doesn't make sense. But then I think about it, it took me a while. Because we loved what we did so much that we didn't want to let it go. Until I finally understood that what God had was even better. You know what the number one thing ex wino dinos and dingbats tell me? Dude, I'm having so much fun and we're not even partying. I mean, we're like partying, but we're not drinking or drugging or doing any of those things. This is amazing. And what they're saying is I can't believe all this time I ran away from God when all it has been is nothing but an amazing journey ever since I kindly ran, ran to him. It's time we change the way we think and it's time we believe God's word over our life. God isn't asking us to make a promise that we can't keep. He's asking us to receive a promise that he can keep. God wants to keep you in the shallow of his hand. God wants to redeem you and make you whole. God wants to restore you. God wants to make you the apple of his eye, and he wants to make you whiter than snow because he says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, all wickedness. So we need to start making professions of faith over our life. Faith confessions. The word of God. To confess it over our life. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. Look, in our app, if you have our app, the sermon outline is there. You need to download the app and take that sermon outline, and you need to speak it over your life. If not, you need to take a picture or something of the scriptures up here or write them down because I'm telling you, this is God's word and what he says about you and me and what we need to start confessing out of our mouths because these are faith confessions. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. And he says, I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Now, this is the most important thing. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. We need to believe that. We need to speak that. We need to hold on to that. We need to give our life to that. Second Corinthians 5.17, I read it earlier, but it was, we've got to believe this, that this means that anyone, meaning you, who belongs to Christ, has become a new person. The old person is gone. A new life has begun. 
We need to believe that. We need to hold on to that. We need to receive that. In John chapter 8, verse 36, we need to believe this and say, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. He's broke the chain. He has broke the bars. He's opened the door wide open. You're no longer in the cell. Walk out of the cell. I don't know if any of you remember Andy Griffin's show. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Not right now. But Google the Andy Griffin show. And you remember the drunk? Uh Huh? So Google the Andy Griffin show and say Otis. Because he was a drunk. He'd get drunk on the weekend. And instead of being arrested, he would just walk in like this. Hi, Andy. Hi, Barney. He'd go in the cell and shut himself in the cell and go to bed. Many of us are living like that. Every day we go right back into our cell. Yet he's opened the bars. He's bent the bars. He's opened the gate. He's cut the chain. Be free. Romans 8, 1. For now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you, he will show you, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. He's going to show you a way of escape. He's going to let you weigh out. In Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, he says, Oh, and I am convinced, he's convinced that nothing can separate you from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of the Lord, the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Now all glory to God who is able. God is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Philippians 4, 13 for I can do, says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So he's saying, quit listening to all those idiots. That's what he's saying. He says it nicer. He says, you've won a victory after those people. Maybe he didn't say those people, but I'm saying those people. Because all of us have those people in our life, don't we? But he says, 
But you've already won the victory because the Spirit of the Lord is in you. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So see, these are confessions that we need to make. These are confessions of faith that we need to speak over our life. And there's many, many more. I just picked these. There's a whole lot more you could go to. There's a whole lot more that you need to speak into your life. There's a whole lot more that you need to start off your day with. You need to process this all day long. This is what God says about us. And when we make these professions of faith and these confessions of faith, we're speaking what God says about us. And before you know it, you're going to start believing it and make these things to be true and evident in your life and your life daily. Man, we need to celebrate. Aren't you tired of the same old thing? Aren't you tired of the same thing over and over and over? Let God's word renew your mind. Let him change the way you think about yourself. Let him change the way you think about other things around you. Philippians 1.6 says this, For I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. On the day when Christ Jesus returns. He's going to see you through. So my question for you today is what chains do you need to have broken in your life today? What chains do you have on you that are really destroying you? What chain is holding you down like that little elephant that you can't get away when in all reality he already broke the chain? What is holding you back? Is it that you haven't become a Christian? Well, you could do that today. If you want to do that today, just say, Pastor, I want to become a Christian today. I've never accepted Christ. Is there anyone here today? Well, then I want to just say, I hope you have another opportunity. But I want to tell you this. What sins do you need to confess to God? What sins in your life do you need to say, you know what, God? I'm not believing you. You're God and I'm not believing you. I'm not believing you at your word. I'm not believing you for who you are. I'm not believing you. What's wrong with me? I'm not believing you. I need to believe you. I need to trust you. I need to hold on to you. I need to receive you. I need to have a new start. What is it that you need to release to God? What is it that you need to say to God today? Because I want to give you an opportunity to totally change the way you think about yourself. And if you want prayer at the altar, then come up. Come up because we want to pray with you. Come up because we want to stand with you. Come up because we want to believe with you. Come up because we're going to say God is wonderful. So would you stand with me as we close? And let's ask God to really minister to us. And let's ask God to speak. And let's ask God to hold on to us. And whatever might be holding on to you, today I pray that you would accept God's freedom and start living according to his word and believe what he says about you. So if you want prayer, make your way up. But Lord, 
I know I've sinned in my life. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others. I'm incredibly sorry. Just say this. Say, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I receive your gift of forgiveness and I receive your promise of eternal life. Father, I believe that I was crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Therefore, Lord, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Your son has set me free. Jesus Christ has set me free and I am free indeed. So Heavenly Father, I believe that you began this good work within me. For you will be faithful to complete it. So Father, today I take that step of faith, that confession of faith, and say, Lord, I want to live it out for your glory. And I want to believe who you say I am. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you sing this song and just worship him and thank him as we close out this service? Ask him to just minister to you. Sing it out. confession of faith and say, God, this is who I am and I'm going to believe what you say. about yourself. I love you, church. Hope to see you back at 1230.